There's a knife crime epidemic in our capital city. In the February edition of Premier Christianity magazine, meet the inspiring Christians bringing God to the gang leaders in the battle for London. Plus, Kay Warren talks about how her marriage to megachurch leader Rick Warren nearly hit rock bottom and what brought them back again. Sam Hales asks whether evangelicalism can survive in the age of Trump, where Sutton on what to do when God doesn't heal, and the amazing account of how Corrie ten Boom's unshakable courage saw thousands of Jews rescued in World War II. All that plus much more. Ask for your free copy at premierchristianity.com slash free sample. The Profile You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Well, a very good afternoon to you. You are listening to Premier Christian Radio. I am Marcus Jones, and this is The Profile, sponsored by Premier Christianity magazine. To receive a free copy of the magazine, head to premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. Well, today on The Profile, I'm speaking to Franklin Graham, the son of legendary Billy Graham and the man leading his ministry forward. He also leads the charity Samaritan's Purse around the world, seen by some as a divisive figure because of his defense of traditional biblical teaching and for a perceived support of the US President Donald Trump. He still travels the world preaching the gospel and despite campaigns to stop him, he'll be speaking in the UK in September. Well, I caught up with him earlier this week and started by asking him what motivates him to keep going. I go where we're invited uh, and we've been invited to Blackpool. And uh, after we looked at the invitation, it was a, a an invitation from a broad spectrum of churches, and we agreed to come. Uh, my father spent so much of his early ministry in the UK, and so I guess for our family that we have many friends here and uh, a lot of people that uh, remember my father and uh, the years that he spent preaching in this country. And so when I got the invitation from Blackpool, um, I thought, yes, uh, I think God would want me to go there. So I'm looking forward to it. And as I say, you've, you've been here many times over the years, um, I, I guess going back decades um, now. In terms of faith and the church here in the UK, how, how have things changed or how do you perceive things to have changed over that time? Well, I think every generation has to be evangelized. And we, we've got uh, a new generation in the UK, so many young people. And there's hopelessness. Uh, the suicide rate is so high among uh, young people who don't see uh, a future. And that's sad. Because God made us and created us. And the Bible says that God loves us. And that he sent his son from heaven to this earth to take our sins. And we can have a relationship with God. We can experience his forgiveness. And I want people to know how they can have a personal relationship with God. And that's through faith in his son. Uh, Jesus Christ. You talk there about love, but there are some, uh, Franklin, who would say that you're uh, a preacher of hate. <laughs> There's been those that have signed petitions, that have been politicians mm -hmm. who've called for you, for you to be banned yeah. from our country. Yeah. How do you respond to these people? Well, you know, my, I don't think I've ever been at any country uh, or any city where everybody was supportive. Uh, there's always churches or groups that don't like whatever. They don't like my theology. Uh, I don't like that we associate with this group or that group. So there's always division. Uh, but I'm not coming to, to preach uh, hate. I'm here to preach about a Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, 
who can make a difference in our lives if we put our faith and trust in him. And so uh, we're not taking taking up anything, any other cause. Uh, we're not here to preach against anybody or any anything. We're here to talk about God and uh, his love for us, his love for this world, and his son, uh, Jesus Christ. And, you know, Jesus came to this earth for one purpose, and that was to die. And he took our sins to the cross. And on that cross, while he was nailed on that cross, God poured out his sins, uh, poured out the sins of mankind on his son. Sins past, sin present, sin future, that's us today. And Jesus Christ took those sins, and then he died, and he went to the grave, and he carried our sins to the grave. But on the third day, God raised him to life. Now, there's there's Holy Spirit-filled power in that message. God uses that message to pierce the hearts of men and women. And I hope in Blackpool, many people will come, even those critics. I hope they will come and just listen to what I have to say. We'll, we'll come to the critics and whether they'll come in, in, in a moment. But that, that message that you, you talk about there, is there a concern that that message gets lost when people keep coming back to certain issues? And I'm thinking of sexuality, of, of Islam. These are the issues that they say that you, you preach hate over. Do, does the, the message of love get lost as a result of that focus on those no, issues? I think, I think it's important that uh, pastors understand that we cannot compromise uh, the, the truth. Uh, God made marriage between a man and a woman, not two men, not two women. And, and you just go to the scriptures. And uh, as it relates to, to Islam, if you think uh, that's offensive, uh, the, Jesus was offensive when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He offended many people, and it still offends people today when Jesus says, I'm the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and there's no one, no man comes to the Father but by me. And so that's what the Bible teaches. And so I'm coming to, to, to preach what the, what the Bible says, what God says, I'm not coming with my own message. It's just what the Bible says. And I hope that people will listen and understand that God has a standard, and there's only one way to God, and that's, that's through his son, Jesus Christ. I guess that message was um, much easier to hear for those that were living in a Christian world where they were used to that sort of language. We now describe the UK as being post-Christian, the people who are growing up in a, in a, a country that doesn't particularly put faith at the heart of, of everything. Is there a need for preachers and evangelists like yourself to, to change the language and change the, the tone um, of some of, the, of these issues? Well, you can't change the Word of God, uh, and I think that's where pastors get in trouble, is when they think the Word of God needs help, and they begin to tone it uh, down uh, with a different tone. Uh, God's Word is God's Word. I remember my father told me years ago he was in Africa, and he was preaching to a group of people, for the most part, that could not read uh, uh, they were uh, just very poor people out in the bush, and he preached a very simple message on John 3.16, gave an invitation. And many of these Africans responded. Uh, two weeks later, he was at Oxford, and he was invited to speak, and he thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that same message that I preached in Africa to people that couldn't read, that were, were illiterate, and uh, see what happens. He preached the exact same message and gave an invitation and many people responded, people that were some of the highest educated people in the world. So whether you're, you are educated or not educated, the Word of God has a way of piercing in the heart. And uh, God's Word is true. Every word of God is true. And, is, and the Bible is true from cover to cover. 
you talked about um, the invitation to the critics to, to come to Blackpool yeah. to, to hear you speak. Are you prepared for the hostility that might um, uh, you might receive there in Blackpool? Sure. Um, and, and again, I'm not I'm not coming to speak against anybody, and I'm not I'm not there to to speak against Islam or to speak against gays. I want to invite the Muslims to come. Uh, I want to invite the Christians to come. I want the the gays to come, and to listen to what God has to say. And uh, that's I so I hope they come. So it's an open invitation. If they're listening right now, we look forward to seeing you. And what can they expect from this event in Blackpool? Well, we will have a lot of music, uh, but I'm just going to give a very simple message uh, about how God sent His Son to this earth uh, to rescue us from our sins, and how we can turn from those sins, and how we can be forgiven by God. That and this is uh, each message is going to be how we can be forgiven and have a new start and a new beginning. Regardless of what uh, race you are, regardless of your social st- uh, status in the community, regardless of, of the color of your skin, it doesn't matter. God made and created all of us. And he, he loves us, but sin is a disease of the human soul. And our sins separate us from God. And that's, that's something I want people to understand, that we, we, you can pray all you want, uh, but if, if, if you have not repented of your sins your 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 prayers go to like a brick wall and uh, they bounce back uh, god's not going to listen to them but if we repent and come to god and say we're sorry forgive us uh, god will hear those prayers and, for, and forgive our sins and he'll heal our hearts and we can have a new life and a new beginning and and i hope that many people in blackpool will come it's really interesting what you're saying there. I'm going to go off script a little bit because we had a, a story in the news just a few weeks ago about the, the number of people who said that they weren't religious but still prayed. There's this idea that Christianity might not be fashionable, but, but prayer is. Are you suggesting that those that um, don't follow Christ, when they pray to something or pray to the Christian God or whoever they're praying to, that, that, that nothing's going to happen? God's not going to listen to them? Well, God, God looks at our hearts. And when a person prays and they're sincere, and they're seriously seeking him and uh, his son. God hears those prayers. Uh, no question. He hears those prayers. Okay. Going back to this idea of uh, the UK being uh, maybe a, a post-Christian uh, environment, do you see the UK needing um, evangelists and preachers like yourself more uh, now than they have done in, that the country has done in previous generations? Oh, no question. I think that because there are very few doing it anymore. And there's a great opportunity uh, in this country. People have asked. Uh, we've got other invitations from other cities. Uh, we plan to come back in 2020 uh, and go from one end of uh, the UK to the other, from the from the south to the north. Uh, we'll end up hopefully here in London uh, for several days. Uh, but th- there there is a need for someone to give a clear message and to give an invitation, g- inviting people to put their faith and trust in Christ. Why isn't there people doing that then? You said there's a need for for people to come. Why aren't there people who are preaching that message uh, in the UK? You know, the, I think for, for many uh, churches, they said, well, that's old-fashioned. It doesn't work anymore. And, uh, you know, they think they've got to have a program of this or that to try to reach people. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people have lost, I say people, I'm talking about churches, have, have lost the urgency of preaching. And they don't, uh, they don't believe the Word of God to have power. And they think that uh, the Word of God needs help. God's Word doesn't need help. Just preach it. Just proclaim it. And let God do the rest. 
moving away from the UK to your country, United mm-hmm. States of America, how do you assess the state of the church and the state of the faith in the USA? Churches that are preaching the Bible are growing. Uh, traditional churches, many of them are dying. Uh, they've gotten away from the Word of God. They've embraced same-sex marriage and these kinds of things. And it's divided churches, just like it's divided right here in the UK. Uh, I don't think there's any subject that's more divisive in the church today than that of same-sex marriage. And so we see in the United States churches that preach the gospel, hold up the Word of God. Those churches are bursting at the seams. Uh, other churches are in decline. Staying um, with America, uh Christians here in the UK, Christians for the most part, I shouldn't say all Christians, Christians for the most part, don't understand the levels of support from Christians in the US for your president, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. We, we get that uh, uh, people will vote Democrat, people will vote um, Republican, but how can somebody vote and support for Donald Trump, a man who ha- has said a number of things that would go against what the Bible says on various different issues? You've been a, a vocal supporter of the, the president. Just tell us why you wanted to get behind him. Well, first of all, I didn't get behind him. I didn't endorse him. I didn't endorse Hillary Clinton. But after the election, the election is now over, uh, and I'm going to get behind the president and try to help him. Uh, if he succeeds, uh, then it will be good for all Americans. Uh, but I did not go out and campaign or endorse the man. And there's a lot of things that I disagree with. I, I disagree with the lifestyle that uh, that he has lived uh, in his past, uh, the multiple marriages and casinos and all of those things. I do not support and don't uh, condone in any way. But he's he's the president. Uh, the majority of the American people uh, wanted him for president, and he, he won. Uh, and it surprised a lot of people. They didn't expect him to win. But uh, Hillary Clinton is not an angel. Uh, there's a lot of baggage in that woman's life and in her husband. And so they've got a lot of things to answer for as well. But Donald Trump is a is a, a man who is not a politician. He ran and he won. So I, I believe, if anything, I believe God, he, God probably put him there. Just, just expand on that. Uh, I know that's something that you've said before, but um, we know God has the power to do anything. Mm-hmm. But, but why would God put Donald Trump in power well, of the United in the States. Bible, he said, Nebuchadnezzar's my servant. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was a pretty uh, rough individual. But America has a, a, a great problem. And Donald Trump sees that uh, our nation is failing. And it is not only is it secularism, but it's uh, Donald, with uh, Barack Obama going around the world apologizing for everything that America's done in his past. Uh, he just sees the decline. And he wants America to be great again. But if America does well, the U.K. is going to do well. Uh, Europe will do well if America does well. And because we're, we're all in this together. And if the tide rises, all the boats rise. And I think Donald Trump has some good ideas. Now, I don't agree with everything, but I think he's got some good ideas to help us economically, uh, to, to get us out of the, the mess that we have found ourselves in. But I also appreciate the fact that he has come out and he has endorsed Christian values, uh, Christian liberty. Uh, he, is, uh, he has been very outspoken on, on those issues. And I appreciate that. Now, people say, well, he's not a great Christian. I, it had nothing to do with him being a great Christian. He just personally supports Christian values 
that that are important to most Christians, and I and I you know I agree with that. And he says he's going to defend Christianity. Well, I say, well, thank you. We've never had a president say I'm going to defend Christianity. Well, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for doing that. Do you not worry though that some won't be prepared to listen to you as a result of you aligning yourself with with the president? Well, it's not aligning myself. I'm praying for a person doesn't align yourself. Uh, he's the president of the United States, and he's going to be that for the next three years. Uh, so why not try to help him succeed if we can? Then it benefits everybody. Would you have been able to give the same um, supports to Hillary if she had won? I would try to help her on those things that I thought were important to the Christian faith. I would try to be an advocate uh, for those positions. So Donald Trump is, I guess, um, the first of what some would call uh, this new wave of politicians, those who haven't been a a career politician. We've now got talks of uh, actors, musicians running for office. Could we ever see President Graham? No. No interest in running for uh, for president? No, I've been called to, to, to preach the gospel, which is a much higher calling. And what about the the idea that people say at the moment, and I'm not just talking about the United States, I'm talking across the world, there's a absence of morality in politics. So we need church leaders to get involved in that area. Where do you stand on that? We need Christians in politics, no question. We need Christians at every level uh, in the political world. Uh, we need the Christian voice. We need God's standards back into politics. And we've made a great mistake in the United States uh, by thinking, well, Christians should not be involved. And many Christians were discouraged. Uh, I encourage Christians to run. We need them on the school boards. We need them on the city council. We need them as mayors. We need them as, in Washington, state houses. Uh, we need Christians at every level. And so I encourage Christians to run uh, wherever, I, wherever I can. I encourage them. You're aware of the situation of Tim Farron here, the political leader from the Liberal Democrats, who... <clears throat> Uh, had to resign as the leader of his party because of the criticism he had for traditional uh, biblical teachings on things like uh, sexuality. He said that he could no longer do his job uh, and hold on to the uh, biblical beliefs that he had. We're encouraging Christians to get involved uh, in politics, but it seems that politics aren't interested in uh, having them in positions of power. How much of a concern is that? Well, I think it's uh, when Christians are forced to compromise. Uh, their belief in their Christian teaching, that, that's, an, that's an issue. And I think he felt he was having to compromise. Uh, but I respect the man very much uh, for taking a stand. But it's going to be difficult, isn't it? For, you know, we're encouraging Christians to get into politics. But if that's the example that they're being seen, where you do have to compromise, that's, that's very off-putting. Well, we need, we need Christians who have got a tough skin, uh, who, who are not going to compromise and who are not going to quit and give up, but who will fight for what the Bible stands for. When I say fight, I'm not talking about fighting with your fist, but standing uh, when, you're, uh, when you have lots of opposition and just saying, this is what the Bible says, this is what God says, and this is what I believe. Um, Her Majesty has a strong faith, and I appreciate the example that she has been in this country. All these years, uh, she has held firm, and she's been steady, and uh, praise God for her. I want to move things uh, on Um, uh, for a lot of our listeners. um, They'll be delighted to hear from you. But the question they'll want to know is, how's your father doing? You know, he's he's old. (laughs) He'll be 100 uh, this year. Big year. So his heart's fine. His lungs are fine. His appetite, he eats well. He just is tired. He doesn't say much anymore. He's gotten very quiet. 
Are there plans uh, for a celebration for the hundredth year? Sure, we're going to have uh, we're going to have uh, plans, but I'm not so I'm not sure he'll care. Uh, he told us when he was ninety, he was going to live to be ninety-five. I didn't believe him. My mother had just died. He loved her so much. I didn't think he would last a year. Then, as he approached ninety-five, uh, he moved the goalpost. He said, uh, "I'm going to live to be a hundred. I believe him." <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Why do you think it is? Why, why do you think that he uh, has been able to, to keep going in his? Uh, I have older no years? clue. I really don't. But it's just I think God, for some reason, has left him here on this earth for a reason. Any idea what that reason might be? Don't know, but God knows. <laughs> um, obviously, he's had a huge influence on your life. But is there one bit of wisdom that he passed on to you? Um, that has stuck by you, that has enabled you to do what you do now? Well, first of all, uh, my father allowed me to travel with him. And when he went to Eastern Europe and Russia and places like that during the Cold War uh, and watched uh, my father uh, deal with difficult people, deal with communists who said that God did not exist, and uh, my father interacting with them in conversation and, and seeing over a period of time, God winning them over, and where the communists were actually agreeing with him. Uh, it's just wonderful to be able to watch my father and to learn from him uh, during those those days. But I think one of the great pieces of advice he gave me when it came uh, to my own preaching, uh, he said, Franklin, he said, you learn to preach by preaching. You're not going to get it out of a book. Just take the Word of God, read it, study it, and preach it. And the more you preach... Uh, the better you're going to be. And so I, that was good good advice. He was yet again last year voted in the uh, 10 most admired yes. um, men across the world. Um, w- what is it about him that's uh, been so appealing to people across the world? Because I think he's been faithful to the Word of God. He hasn't compromised. He hasn't uh, gone out and taken a poll to see which way the wind was blowing, and then that's where his opinion was. His 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 word... Uh, has always been uh, as it relates to the scripture. The Bible says, and he always goes back to what the Bible has to say. And I think people respect that, and that's what people want to know today. I think Christians in in this country, uh, atheists, people from other religious backgrounds, are interested in knowing what does the Bible say. They want to know. And my father would always say, the Bible says, and that's what he would preach. You mentioned uh, the Queen just a moment ago. We have a tradition here in the UK, if somebody gets to their 100th birthday, that they get a letter from the Queen. Um, do you think that would mean something to your father if you were to receive a, a letter from the Queen? Oh, sure. Well, he, over the years, he has quite a few letters from the Queen, and they've been friends since the mid-50s. And uh, she honoured him a few years ago, and, and he was knighted. And that was done at the British Embassy in Washington. I was there for that. And that was a great honor for my father. But uh, my father, at, at his stage in life, is um, he's just happy to wake up in the morning and have another day in front of him. There are some um, that say that you and your father are, are very different in styles of uh, approach, the way that you um, interact with uh, politics, with, uh, with media, with people uh, around the world. Um, some say that you maybe are a more divisive figure in your leadership than your father. How would you respond to that? Well, I'm not sure if that's true. When my father first came to the UK, uh, they tried to stop him from coming. 
And he at that time he was coming on a ship, and I think it was what Southampton or wherever the boats would come into, and uh, he was uh, he was uh, they had members of Parliament. There was petitions and others to keep him from coming, and there was only a handful of churches that supported him. Uh, so he was rather controversial. He spoke out against communism uh, in the early part of his ministry, and then. God flipped it around, and God used Billy Graham to go to the communist world to preach the gospel. He went to Poland and Czechoslovakia, East Germany, Russia. During the Cold War, when evangelists couldn't go, God opened up a door. But my father never compromised. Um, we've only just got a few minutes um, left. But um, we've talked a little bit about the, I guess, the negative aspects of our worlds, the fact that the faith is um, losing its uh, position at the heart of uh, society. Do you have any reasons for optimism for the church, both sure. in the UK and the world? Sure, I've read the last I've read the last chapters uh, of human history, and when you re- go to the Revelation, God God has uh, His letters to the churches, and then uh, we read uh, what God is going to do, and God is going to win, and I'm on the winning side. I put my faith and trust in Christ, and I know who's going to win. I know who's going to sit on the throne, and. Uh, one of these days, my life will be over uh, for all of us. But I was as 22 years old when I asked God to forgive me of my sins, and I asked Christ to come into my heart, and it changed me. So I'm looking forward uh, to Christ's return. And I believe it may be sooner than some people think. Well, this is what I was going to ask, because your sister, who's also sat in this studio, has said that she believes that Christ will come in, in her lifetime. Do you, do you share that thought? It could come any day. Uh, whether I'm here or not doesn't matter. I just believe he's coming, and it's coming soon. We see how dark the world is becoming. And we use the word secularism or whatever, but uh, the work, the world is becoming spiritually dark, and it's getting darker by the day. And so I think it's just a matter of time before the Lord comes back. Uh, last question then, um, or um, <clears throat> last ask. Um, if you could uh, encourage Christians who are listening to us now who, who do feel mm-hmm. that they're living in an increasingly dark place, what would be that word of encouragement for them? Read the scriptures, study the scriptures, and share the scriptures. Share it with your family, with your friends, your neighbors. Uh, Don't just trust your pastor to do that. You do it. Read the scriptures, believe the scriptures, and uh, live the scriptures. Uh, That's all the encouragement you need. God will encourage you through his word. The voice of Franklin Graham there here on The Profile, sponsored by Premier Christianity magazine. If you missed any parts of this interview or you wish to listen again, head to premierchristianity.com forward slash the profile, where you can find this and many other interviews with high-profile Christians from around the world. The program is also available as a podcast, which you can download online. Coming up next is Dave Rose with Premier Playback, some of the best bits of the week here on Premier Christian Radio.